Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and fix this next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi everyone and welcome to today's episode of this podcast, Business Success and Coffee, Green Tea, Water, whatever it is. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, listeners. Today I'm joined by Tim Hughes and Tim is universally recognised as the world leading provider and innovator of social selling. He's currently ranked number one by Onalytica, hopefully I got that pronounced right, as the most influential social selling person in the world. In 2021, LinkedIn said he was one of the top eight sales experts globally to follow and Brand24 announced recently he was the 16th most influential person in marketing globally. Wow. Based on measured, and I'm talking about measured social media influence, not opinions, measured social media influence. So we're in for a real treat today, listeners. I can feel it already. Uh, Tim is also the co-founder and CEO of DLA Ignite and co-author of the best-selling books, Social Selling, Techniques to Influence Buyers and Changemakers, Second Edition, and Smarketing, How to Achieve Competitive Advantage Through Blended Sales and Marketing. And he recently launched a second edition of Social Selling, which has techniques to influence buyers and change makers, which has been fully updated. And all these three books are published by Kogan Page. I think that's how you pronounce it. Is that right, Tim? Kogan? That's right. Kogan? Yeah. Kogan Page. Yeah, I've done really well on that thing. I'm always good to get pronunciation. Welcome to today's podcast. It's an absolute privilege to have you here. And such an introduction, you know, such a ranking on there. And I think for me... Social media sometimes is the new version to me of the old SEO. It's a bit sort of dark hat, you know, and uh, there's secrets in there, etc. So I'm really looking forward to hearing some some good tips and lessons from you. Uh, but welcome to today's podcast. Thank you, Simon. I'm I'm really excited to be here and, and chat with you and talk about tea and um, and um, whatever else you want to talk about. Yeah. Well, I'm really going to disappoint the listeners today because I'm actually drinking tea as well. But I've got Yorkshire's uh, Best Tea uh, by, I think it's Taylor's of Harrogate. Uh, And I'm drinking that, listeners, because I've been ill for the last couple of weeks and Tim was very gracious and allowed me to move this slot because I had a GP appointment. But I found that coffee was actually um, causing a few stomach issues that were sort of uh, having effect on me last week, shall we say. And yeah, so I'm tea. And you, I think, Tim, as well, are drinking... I'm actually drinking green tea, yes. I I used to be a big Earl Grey drinker. Um, Uh And actually, um, my dentist actually told me that um, I should uh, move off it it, um, because it turns your teeth black. So um, I stopped... Really? Hmm. Oh, right. I didn't realise that. I was I was drinking it Earl Grey without any milk or anything like that. So yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, uh, yeah, because I've never smoked, and they would you, you'd open your mouth at the dentist, and they say, "So, uh, how long have you been a smoker?" And I said, "I've never been a smoker." Ah, so I thought, oh, there's something, there's something, there's something. So anyway, I've 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 moved to green tea. Yeah, yeah, and and sometimes we don't appreciate 
the things that we drink, the things we put into our mouths, the difference they can have on the colour, the shape of our of our teeth, isn't it? And, and I know... Yeah, and I, and I, with coffee, I've had to pull back on coffee. I mean, I won't drink caffeinated coffee after three o'clock in the afternoon, otherwise I won't sleep. Um, and yeah. I can only have one caffeinated coffee a day, really. I mean, I used to be able to drink it all the time, and gradually as I've got older, it's... it's uh, yeah well thankfully and the listeners will be pleased to know this as well the gp that i've just spoken to said actually go back to doing everything you normally do just get the the gut back to its normal rhythm get it used to what you normally do if you were healthy before go back to it so i said you know can i drink coffee and can i drink beer and they, he said absolutely you can yeah but as long as you drink plenty of water it's always a gp's tip isn't it You've got to drink lots of water uh, yeah, I thought you were going to ask about whether you could play the piano or something like that. <laughs> no. Joke, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I couldn't but, do it before, I can't do it after. Your body will tell you kind of what it wants. Correct. Um, and sometimes there's a bit of an upset, but it goes back to balance. And that, that we're, that we're, we're wonderful machines. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and green tea, you know, I do, I love green tea. And I usually drink green tea with, um, I get one from a local supermarket which has a bit of jasmine in it as, as well. Mm. Uh, or I might get one with a bit of cranberry in it just to you know, break up the taste a little bit. But yeah. Uh, yeah, my first ever business coach actually got me on green tea. And he, then he moved me. I think he realized once I was embracing all the advice that he was giving me, um, then he moved me on to white tea, which apparently white is... Tea. Yeah, white tea. It's, it's very similar to green tea, but it has more antioxidants and it's supposed to be better for us. It still doesn't have milk in it, because uh, most people say, oh, white tea, I drink white tea all the time. I've got a cup of white tea here. No, no, it's the leaves that apparently are, are white right. tea. Yeah, so check it out and have a look at okay. it. I'll, I'll check it out. I did, um, we did have some, um, as I as I moved off Earl Grey, we did have some chamomile in the cupboard. And mm -hmm. I did drink that. And that wasn't too bad, but I just preferred the green tea. Yeah, see, I find chamomile, uh, you know, okay at the end of the day, if I do want to just chill and relax a little bit and go to sleep. But... Uh, I find it a little bit too perfumey for me. It just, you know, I, I prefer green tea, definitely. A little bit harsher on that. So I've got to ask a, a question, Tim. Mm. Um, to be ranked number one as the most influential social selling person in the world, LinkedIn said you're one of the top sales experts. How on earth did this come about? What's the what's the story behind that? Have you always been into social media uh, or sales? Give us a little bit of an insight of what brought you to this accolade that was what I read out earlier on. Well, I actually had my um, my fourteenth anniversary on Twitter come up um, uh, just recently, and mm. um, so um, I've, I'm a salesperson. I've always been in sales, um, twenty five years, business to business enterprise. And it would have been probably 14, 15 years ago when the person that I was working for was saying, we yeah. need to get into the social media stuff. <laughs> and I kind of put it off for six months because I thought it was all about nothing really and posting pictures of your lunch and stuff. Um, and so I joined Twitter and um, started building up a, um, and start just, just, just working with it. Um, and then back in 2014, 2015, I happened to work for a sales VP who was interested in social media and what we could do. And he was up for experimenting. Right. And so um, um, we ended up rolling out 
what would now be seen now as pretty basic social selling across 4,000 people across Europe. Yeah. It was mainly about looking up people before they, you know, go for a meeting and connecting to people and stuff like that. Um, and, um, um, in, it would have been in 20, yeah, I did, I did a blogging course and in the blogging course, the person <laughs> said, you need to be famous for something. You need to work out what, what one thing are you going to be famous for? Yeah. And, um, I think I was sitting there and, and this, and it kind of felt like this bolt of light hit me and I thought, well, I'm going to be famous for social selling. Ah, and, in, okay. and in 2015, I was mentioned in Forbes. Um, 2014, I was in Forbes as the number, I was 30th in the world. And I thought to myself, I'm going to be number one. Because it's pointless yeah, yeah. being 30, I'm going to be number one. So in 20, um, so the next year, um, I then was number two. And that was boring because everyone kept, because you could say I'm number two and everyone kept saying, that's interesting, Tim, but who's number one? <laughs> and I thought, no, this is about me. This is not about who's number one. This is about me. I weren't really hard for this. So, and at that point, I then decided that I was, I was all, always going to be number one. And, and, you know, part of what we've done is that we've developed a, we've industrialized a process to allow you to, to, to be social selling and to social sell at scale and to yeah. enable you to, to, to get revenue. Um, and so, um, um, what we do is we teach people that, that industrialized process. Um, so for example, we have one client of ours who sells, um, uh, desktop screens and they need to be, um, well, he, he wants, one of the things he wanted to be number one for was power supplies. So, um, if you go onto Twitter, he is number one on, um, we use a tool called brand 24 to measure influence and he's number one in the world for power supplies. And he gets a piece of inbound every month off the back of that. Wow. Um, and, um, so, but it's important for him to, 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 to be, he's also their, yeah. their, um, uh, want to be famous for other things about apart from power supplies, but that yeah. gives you some idea about how you can, you can take what I'm doing. And, and in effect, what we're doing is that we're, we're selling that and yeah. that industrialized process out. Um, but, but apart from that, it takes hard work. Yeah. And, and I think the thing, uh, that I'm always, uh, valuing and I know the listeners to this do as well is somebody who has been there and earned the stripes and learned the stripes so you know I you know we're, we're probably uh, of a similar era and I remember doing a blog course as well because it was a thing you had to do isn't it? you had to do a blog course everybody was doing it, blog it seems courses. to be at some point yes <laughs> it did yes um but it, it's interesting that what you said there about number 30 and number two, because you know, I was heavily involved in motorcycle racing for a number of years. And if you're not on the pedestal, if you're not number one, you might as well be number 30. Because you're not going to get the big sponsorship deals. You're not going to get the winner's trophy unless you are number one. And every racer, despite where they are in the field, has to believe that they can be number one. Because as soon as they believe 10 is good enough or being in the top five is good enough, as soon as they start to feel that, then they lose the edge and that's the end of their career when they when they start settling for anything less than believing they can be number one. So I, I love the way you explained that. I, I just want to just ask one question, and this is a very personal question um, because you, you've mentioned uh, you several me. times to you, uh, okay. social selling. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I've, I've started using LinkedIn a lot more, and you mentioned in your bio LinkedIn. Um, and I get 
very frustrated with people who are very, very salesy. But I also understand that I want to use LinkedIn for selling. And I'm sure most of the listeners like me are in this real quandary of, I know I want to sell on LinkedIn, but I don't want to be like these people that annoy me enormously on LinkedIn with the whole bot thing and the the inauthentic way in which they do it. Um, is is there something that's middle ground? You know, is is there some uh, magic wand that makes it feel comfortable or easy? And and what are your thoughts on the aspect of getting us to understand how we can actually be comfortable selling on social media? Um, well, the first thing is that um, is, is is the term really we're we're stuck with it, which is social selling. Yeah. Um, and um, the fact is, actually, it's not selling. On social because if you sell on social basically you'll just annoy everybody yeah good um so, so um and these people that basically connect to you and pitch that's spam yeah that's not social yeah, yeah and anybody who uses any form of automation on social media again basically it is spam this is about what we've done is that we've come up with a technique that allows you to um, connect with people. Form. So I'll, I'll read you. A, I'll read you our definition. Yeah, yeah. Please, yeah, yeah. That'd be great. It's using using your presence and behaviour on social media to build influence, make connections, grow relationships and trust, which lead to conversation and commercial interaction. Perfect. Yeah. That, That's now, what it's about. Now, now, that, that 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 for me is what it's about. Which is what what you sell and what the listeners sell and what I sell requires you to have a conversation. Yeah. So, so this is not saying because I get people coming to me saying, I, I, "Yes, I can't sell on social because we couldn't do the transaction on social." I'm not not saying that at all. What we're doing yeah. is that we're using social as a mechanism to get a conversation. Yeah. Now, 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 what what's happened in the past is that every, all sales and marketing has been based on interruption. So what happens is that cold calling is I interrupt you and I pitch. Email marketing is I interrupt you on a pitch. Advertising is about I interrupt yeah. you on a pitch. Therefore, people think that social selling is coming onto social is interrupting me and pitching. Yeah. And and what they miss is the fact that there's a there's a there's a hint. It's social media, which yeah. is media for being social. Yeah. So what we're doing is that we're using social media as a as a mechanism for us to get conversations because we know that conversations create sales. Yeah. So we're not saying that the deal has to be done on social media. In fact, you know, what we'll do is that um, we, we, we've, we've, we've built a process where what happens is that ultimately you're gonna get the person onto a call, whether it's a telephone conversation, Zoom, Teams or whatever. But we do, we're doing that without spamming them and we're, do, we're doing that on the basis that they want to do it. Now, if you spam people, the first thing that happens is that um, you get a fight or fl flight reaction, yeah. and then the second thing is that you piss people off, and they and and what you're trying to do always when you do cold outreach is get an next action. Yeah. So yeah. so we we've actually taken a team of people who were cold callers. We've trained them in social selling, and over the last quarter, what we've done is that we've actually measured that. So there's so so they're not making any calls at all, but they're actually doing social selling using our own methodology. Um, and currently when they do um, out cold outreach, they're getting a 9% response where people are saying, 
that's re really interesting what you're saying. Um, I'm, I'm interested and I will take a call. Yeah, yeah. Of that, of and that, that's, and that's a good rate. That is, that, that is, is a massive. really good rate. Yeah, that, that's massive. Previously, the 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 team were getting two meetings a week, and they were getting a 0 0.3 conversion rate. Because whenever you talk to somebody, especially on a cold outreach, what you're looking for is a next action, whether yeah. that's a demonstration or discovery call or, or whatever it is. But so they're getting a 9% um, uh, response on cold outreach. And then they're getting a 33.6% basically next action. Wow. That, now, that's exponential. So what we've been able to prove is that social selling on cold outreach has a far better response than cold calling. So I'm not saying that cold calling yeah. is dead. You can carry on cold calling as much as you want. What we know now is if you are, you've fallen behind. Yeah. Because someone who's social selling is getting a better response. And now yeah. what they're able to do, what we've we've now taken the figures over the last quarter. And what we're seeing is that in most cases, research shows that 4% of the marketplace is currently looking for your product and service. And what yeah. we're able to do is punch outside of that 4% and start talking to the 96% that aren't. So yeah. the problem that companies face right now is that all they do is that they talk to the 4%, which means they come across the same competition, which means who know everything about you, which means that you have a, a pressure on um, margins because generally it's a race to the bottom. Well, yeah. As soon as you punch out of that 4%, what you're doing is that you're talking to people where there's less competition and you're able to hold your margin. So you're able to get a higher win rate and a higher sell rate as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I know from my own experience and from, through some of the people I work with, aspirations tend to be 1%. If you can get between 1% and 3%, then they're happy. So that ties in yes. really well with that. So, yeah. Um, so... You, you've you've got this background, you've got to number one. Um, what has been something that you, Tim, have been working on that's been quite significant or quite a shift or a change for you in the past few months or last 12 months? Um, so um, one of the things that I've done is that I, in, in where are we? Um, in 2021, I basically rewrote my, my, my first book. Yep. Um, it picked up, the sales have picked up um, through COVID. And what I wanted to do is bring it up to date. Um, okay. And um, um, so the first version that came out was very much was what was in my head in um, 2015. Now we've actually been running the company for six months and we've made lots of, um, uh, got lots of experience from working with customers. So I wanted to put that into the book. Um, but also working with this team as well in terms of saying, okay, how can we benchmark and build a business case and say to an organization, if if you do this, you do this, you do this, we know that you will generate this amount of revenue. Yeah. Because one of the things that I've always found whenever you move into a recession, whether we're in a recession or not, is that it becomes harder to sell and you have to be able to sell based on business case. Yeah. So we're now able to say to, to and say, look, here are the here are the here are the individuals that are doing that, that are basically building up the business case. This is the this is the the metrics that we've we've got and we've measured them now on a number of things 
um, over the last quarter. Now you can pick that. We can share that with you and we can you can pick it to pieces. But what we're able to do is show you what they're doing and therefore what the output they're getting. And that means that we're able to benchmark any organization, say, okay, if you're cold calling, right, this is what you'll get from cold calling, but this is what you'll get from social selling. Or if people who are social selling, and they won't be, they just think they are, and say, okay, so you, if you think you're social selling right now, let's basically benchmark that against the, the, the market leader and see if there's a, basically a gap between the two. And this has taken a, a lot of effort and work from us over the last 12 months. Yeah. And, and what kind of differences that made to you and what kind of impact has that had for the people that have implemented what you've reworked then? Up until that point, what we had was a number of individuals individual contributors that said, I posted this and off the back of that, I got this. So we have a particular post um, where one of our team put out um, a post and they got six C-level meetings, two purchase orders, sorry, one, two proposals and one purchase order off the back of that. Now, that, that's that's where we're able to say based on this post, but it's, it's not that scientific. Um, and we've had situations where clients have said, we got a piece of inbound and we got a $2.6 million deal. Um, But um, what we really wanted was to have this benchmark where we could actually go and and compare um, legacy sales, legacy sales, you know, cold calling against basically what we're doing in social selling, because we still get a lot of people. I mean, I I had someone on Twitter saying, um, um, we're okay cold calling. Thank you very much. And I said, well, brilliant. If 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 that's what you want. Yeah. If it works, absolutely. But what we're yeah. saying is that you get a higher output, um, and and yeah. and it depends. You know, if if you're if you're happy here, yeah. fine, carry on yeah. doing it. If you want to grow your business, then you need to do something else. Just like we move from using horses to using cars, we yeah. move from using steam to using electricity. At some point, you have to move. Don't you find though, Tim? And I get frustrated with this uh, in, in lots of different areas as, as a coach, in particular, that people say, "No, we're actually fine. It's it's working okay." Uh, and when you ask them where they want to be and where they are, there's clearly a gap. Hmm. But you know, if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting the same results. Yeah. You know? yes. So, you know, if you want to bridge that gap and you want to improve, then you've got to do something different. And very often it's a reluctance to change, isn't it? It's a reluctance to do something different because they're comfortable with it. Yeah, it's always a reluctance to change. And, you know, we get a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, you know, 20 years ago, you know, I made a phone call at 7.30 in the morning and I got through to a CEO and I got a million-dollar deal. It's like, well, yeah, I bet you did. That was 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not using faxes and, and Sony Walkmans and, and Nokia phones anymore. We're, we, we've moved on. And the same same that we have to do in business. Um, and um, But, you know, there will be people that will never change. Um, I, I remember the days when I got my first PC <laughs> and um, 25% of the sales force hold their arms and said, do my own typing. You've got to be joking. I don't do that. I sit in front of customers. And they all left. And they all joined companies that don't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember having my first PC in business because I had one at home. The neighbours gave me because they wanted to game across the back of my house, and they wanted to run a cable across the back of my house. And I said, "Well, right. I, I'll allow you to run a cable across, but I want a computer as well." So they built me this little computer. 
But when I went to the office and I got the computer, because I knew about computers, because I'd done this at home, the, the computer they gave me had a 10 megabyte hard drive that was doubled from 5 to 10 by compression. And literally, I used to start Word up, or whatever document it was probably Lotus One Two Three in those days started to I mean, from the, yeah, and then I would go and make a coffee, boil the kettle, come back, and then watch it finish loading, and it hadn't even <laughs> it was that kind of thing. But yeah, we we've got to change, haven't we? So um, you've given us a, an impact there. I've got one other question before uh, I ask you to tell us more about where we can get a copy of the book and reach out to you because you're giving us some real insights here. LinkedIn for me. Uh, has been a shifting sand because you know in recent times it's been undergoing quite a lot of changes uh, and if you know as you say 10 years ago I could have filled a webinar from Twitter not anymore yeah uh, Facebook became more my go-to and now LinkedIn is becoming more of my go-to as well and I still do things across multiple platforms but LinkedIn I'm seeing a real shift as somebody who is in the, the, the area of expertise that you are, what do you see LinkedIn doing next? Because I think we all can see that things are changing, but we're all sort of sat just on the edge waiting to see what they do before we get more involved in LinkedIn. Uh, any insights, any secrets to share that, or anything that you see that LinkedIn might be doing next? Yeah, I think that... Um... So LinkedIn has a LinkedIn has a strength and it also has a weakness. Mm. The the strength that it has is that it sells. It's it's the it was the first social media platform that's basically sold it as a subscription. Um, and and so you, you know I have professional edition of um, um, of LinkedIn. Some people have sold Navigator. I think they posted their figures. I think they are either making four billion or five billion. They also sell advertising as well. Yeah. So um, you know whether it's four or five billion, it's a lot of money they're making. Yeah. Um, whereas if you look at, um, I mean, you, you know, if you look at Twitter, I mean, Elon Musk has had to do a whole load of stuff because actually the company was insolvent. Um, it was spending money, which it didn't have, and it wasn't getting money back. And what he has to do is change that. But now, you know, we're in a situation where to use social media, you need to pay. Um, yeah. And whether LinkedIn, you know, you have to pay for LinkedIn. If you want to use Discord properly, you've got to pay. If you want to use Facebook properly and get a blue sticker, you have to pay. You have to pay for um, for Twitter. You have to pay for Snapchat. So it's it's becoming the norm. Yeah. Uh, the problem that LinkedIn have is that actually a lot of people don't log in. So they never publish the statistics around. They'll say, we've got 900 million people currently um, have registered. But some people only log in once a month, whereas we yeah. know that. So, so, if you, so for, for, for your um, for your audience, there's a guy on uh, LinkedIn called Simon Kemp. OK, um, K-E-M-P. Simon is the same as you. So that's simple. Uh, yep. He produces data on social media. It's become the data set. Right. Um, and so it shows so it shows 60 percent of the world's population are on social media. Um, and um, the average person spends two and a half hours a day on social media, two and a half hours a day. That's average. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so what we have is this situation where people are going to TikTok or Twitter or whatever it is and consuming content. Whereas with LinkedIn, you've got this situation where 
actually, I think it's, was it, is it 1% of the people are creating content? It's very, very small. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and you've got this situation where the people that they're trying to get hold of, which is sea level people are not logging in and as often as they can, where they may be going to TikTok and consuming. And I think there's a greater percentage of people that are creating content. So what you're seeing is this move to, for um, LinkedIn, for example, to, to, to try and get more people to create content. Yeah. And to get more people to then log in and stay longer to consume that content. Yeah. Um, so we do a lot of um, LinkedIn lives. Um, yeah. And um, uh, my company, we, we, I do, two, we've got two, three, we've got four different LinkedIn lives that we've run. We've all suddenly found that the, the audience um, has gone up and we reckon that LinkedIn has basically tweaked the, the algorithm because yeah. if you think about a LinkedIn live, what you're doing is it not your, you, you well, our, our stuff is, is of thought leadership material. So if you can yeah. get someone to watch it for 20 minutes, that's a sticky piece of content. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so what you're seeing is this, so they've run a number of um, LinkedIn have actually trained people in creating content, whether that's actually done anything or not, I don't know. Um, because what they're trying to do is get more and more people and, and higher up to understand that. Now, and of course, uh, you've, got, uh, you've, you've got that creator content mode as well, haven't you now? So yes, so if anybody out there, if one of the things is to switch creator mode on, but at the moment, they've not really done anything much with it. No. Um, and, you know, our view is that, that there's still like a lot of American uh, companies, it's product led. Yeah. So what they're doing is that they get, oh, there's this great feature and this great feature. But quite often what they are is solutions looking for a problem. Mm. So, for example, you know, you now can have a little video on your um, uh, where your um, where your picture you, yep. it is. It's like, yeah, so what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I've never done one and, it's, and, and no one's ever come to me and said, you don't have a video. And anyway, if I didn't have a video and they said that I'm having a conversation with them, so that's good. Correct. Um, so, um, um, you know, that, that, the, 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 the thing that we try and get over to people that it's not about you, you, you don't need to understand what LinkedIn does. That's a bit like me telling you, if you want to, um, drive a car, what you need to do is uh, these are the steering wheels and, um, these are the, the, the indicators and these are the lights and these are the pedals. As soon as you drive off and you get to a traffic lights, I haven't told you what the traffic lights do. So you just go straight through, even though it's on red. You don't need, you didn't know any different. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and what it is is actually what what you need to understand is what it's what it is to be social. And and from a user perspective, unfortunately, LinkedIn won't like this. What that means, if you're able to be social, is you you could you could say, my target customer is not on LinkedIn, but they're active on Instagram. I'm going to go into Instagram and, and get them into a conversation because I know how to do that. Yeah. yeah because yeah. getting someone in, because, you know, using your presence and behavior on social media to build influence, make connections and grow relationships. It's the same whether you're on um, uh, TikTok or Instagram or, or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so we talk, we call that walking digital, um, walking digital corridors and having digital conversations. And that's the skill you need rather than knowing how does LinkedIn work and how does the yeah, algorithm yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, love that. 
great. Does that help you? It does, yeah, yeah, massively. I know the audience, you know, listeners, you certainly will have taken something away from that. And I think a lot of people are stood there wondering what next. So, yeah, great insight. So um, we've mentioned a couple of books. We've mentioned DLA Ignite. Um, tell us where you want the listeners to go. How can they... F- connect with you find out more about with uh, you by the way you know when i did some research on you tim as well i realized i actually got a copy of your social selling book and i didn't know this when you scheduled the podcast it was only when i did the research yesterday in readiness that i've actually got a copy of that book that i got in 2017 so uh, wow. yeah so i need to get the updated version clearly so t- tell yes, us where we can go tell, t- tell us where we can go so all of, all of my books are available on on amazon yeah. um Amazon worldwide. Um, and the best place to find me is on LinkedIn. I'm Timothy Hughes or Tim Hughes uh, on LinkedIn. I'm Timothy underscore Hughes on Twitter and the website's dlaignite.com. Great, great. Uh, and of course, like you say, you've got the books there. If, if you were to direct people to uh, one that's perhaps going to give them the best place to start, you know, is there a a uh, first book they should read or a second book? So, so, so I would always direct people to, to this. This is about giving people the, the basics of what they need to know, whether you intend doing it or not. You know, we think that leaders need to understand what it's about. Um, yeah. And this isn't about fluffy putting flowers on your LinkedIn profile. This is about how you as a business can generate revenue and growth uh, growth, sorry, um, from um, from social and from social media, yeah. um, and so um, you know the first book was about one of the CEO said it's the first time I've actually been able to connect um, social media and and revenue, and what I've done with this second book that with the yellow cover is just really adv- advanced that. Yeah, great. So listeners, you know what to get, what to start with, and where to get it from, and how to connect with uh, Tim as well. So uh, fantastic. So final question then, uh, before we go to the uh, the exit question, if you were to share a tip or a lesson that uh, the listeners can take away that they can do something with in the next week or two weeks, what would you share with the listeners today, Tim? Um, I'm, I'm a great um, believer in not letting toxicity into your business. Okay. And um, we made the mistake of doing that um and um and learn the lesson yeah um and um i remember the relief when it left um and looking yep. at because we run our business on slack social, social organizations so we use social media yep. internally as well um and i remember looking at slack on the day that the toxicity left and realizing that it was a nice place to go and it hadn't been yeah. for a time yeah um and um you know we um you 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 make decisions based on um sometimes on gut reaction in terms of recruitment um and sometimes you need to go with that gut to actually say this isn't the right person and even though you're recruiting because you're expanding oh we need people we need people yeah 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 and they've got the skills very often yeah yeah yeah, and they've got the skills and we need the people and actually no actually i'm going to work harder we're not going to take on this person and i'm just going to put in the arrows and that because um because what you know it, it means that you you bring the toxicity in um the um it then can become normal culture because yeah. the fact that 
as a senior person, you've let that person in. So if someone goes, well, that person's toxic and they've let them in. Therefore, that obviously is the culture that this, this business wants. Yeah. Um, and it's, um, um, it's, it's, it, that's always my advice in terms of leading a business. Don't let it in. Yeah, yeah. And there's an old saying, isn't it? You know, a rotten apple spoils a whole cart. And it absolutely yeah. does. And I've seen it in so many businesses that I've worked with. And it, it just doesn't niggle. It doesn't just make a little bit of a difference. It can bring the whole business to its knees just by one apple of toxicity. So, yeah. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, it, and, it, and there was always, you know, every day you got up, get, you, you had to get up and you would be having to sort something. Yeah, yeah. So recognise it, deal with it quickly. And, and deal with it, yeah. Yeah, get it out. Yeah, absolutely. So the exit question then, and then we'll wrap it up. If you were to have your next green tea in a dream location, reading at one of your favourite books, where would the dream location be, Tim? And what would be your favourite book? I always like asking this of authors. What would be the favourite book you'd have with your, your green tea? Um, well, I've actually recently done a podcast on my top Ooh. business books of all time. Right. Um, so I actually have them all sitting here to my, uh, right. my, okay. my, my left. Um, and um, the book that I picked in that, and I'm going to book, I'm going to pick it for you as well, yep. is this one, which is Lost and Founder by Rand Fishkin. Fishkin. Uh, I've never heard of that one. Okay. It's, a, a, it's a brilliant book on um, his startup and yep. um, what went wrong. Right. There you go. It, it's a, it's a, so it's, it's, it doesn't have a, I'm not going to, no spoilers, but it doesn't have a yeah. happy ending. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, and, and it's about, you know, putting, going out, getting VC money and what that means to your organization and stuff. And if yeah. there's anybody out there that's watching this, that I've got VC funding or thinking about it, you, you, you really need to read this because it Lost gives and you founder. Going to write that yeah. down. Yeah. Lost and, and, and it's, it's probably, it's it's one of, I've I I read a lot and I've read a lot of business books and it's probably one of my 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 favourites. Great, um, great. And and um, I have to admit I don't like the cold. Okay. Um, and as I get older, I like the cold less. So I wherever I would go, it would need to be somewhere where it was warm. Yeah. Um, I'm Fantastic. guessing it would be something like um, um, the Seychelles or something like that. Oh yeah, lovely. Fantastic. Where's so by, by the sea, in the warmth. Yes. Reading Lost and Founder. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. You've given us some real insights into actually a very important thing of what the definition of social selling is. And I, I really hope, listeners, that you go away from this, reach out to Tim, read the books, reach out to him and do it differently. And interpret it differently because I think we all have a misinterpretation. And Tim, you've been a great guest that's helped us with that today. Thank really you. appreciate and thank it. Thank you for having me on and inviting me on, Simon. That's really generous of you. Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, and as always, listeners, the thing now is to do two things leave us a review, tell us what you thought of this episode, and most importantly, do something with what Tim has given us so much value with. Do something with your social selling and your presence on social media. But also do something with the toxicity. If you've got anything in your business that you're putting up with, uh, people, processes, where it's becoming toxic in any way, deal with it and deal with it quickly and get it gone. 
you know, uh, and and just deal with it. I think that's a really, really important tip that we can take from today's podcast. And as always, I look forward to having you on the next one. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.